hockey. Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful for the faithful. I'm Bruce McCurdy from the Edmonton Journal's Cult of Hockey, and I'm here tonight with my colleague, Kurt Levins. Good evening, Kurt. Hello, Bruce. I'd ask how you're doing, but I think I've got a pretty good idea. <laughs> I'm in a pretty sour mood, Kurt. I'm looking at the soccer game on the TV that I could have been to, but I committed to watching and recording and grading the Oilers game, and the Oilers rewarded me with a pretty bad game. Yeah. So I'm not in a very happy frame of mind at this moment, other than Canada is currently leading Costa Rica. You might see me glance over there periodically, but uh, let's focus on the podcast. For First, we're going to talk about Buffalo Sabres 3-2 win in regulation over Edmonton Oilers. And the uh, um, uh, so we're going to go with our usual two good things, two bad things, and two numbers. And we're struggling to have enough good things to go around, even if we only <laughs> do one each. So we're only going to do one each. And Kurt, I'm going to let you take the lead. What's your good well, thing from this game? That's gracious of you because there weren't very many to pick from. <laughs> so I, I oh. get the pick of the litter, as it were. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, I thought the best oiler by quite, quite a fair stretch was the same oiler who was the best oiler last night, who was Leon mm-hmm. Dreisaitl. Tonight, Leon scored two more goals, uh, yeah. continues to lead the league uh, in, in that way. Um, had eight, count them, eight shots on net uh, to pace the club in in that respect. Led the team in ice time, 25 minutes, 20 seconds of ice time, including 7.05 on the power play. And then if you turn to the fancy stats, I mean, what incredible night uh, he have. If you look at all events CF, Leon was 38 and nine, 81% all events. Uh, And just uh, for a, for a pile of, for a, for a bit of ice cream on top of that particular Sunday, 70% on his face-offs as well. Uh, Fair to say if every oiler had performed as well as Leon tonight, um, we would have had a different outcome. Yeah, well, that's right. Leon did get the job done. Uh, unfortunately, he lost the key face-off at the very end of the game that they couldn't afford to lose with about 20 seconds on the clock, but he was doing well there. All events, of course, that included uh, roughly six Oilers power plays. There was a bunch of chopped-up power plays tonight, but officially I think they went two for six on the on the power play, and that's when Leon got both of his goals. And I thought uh, this was kind of opposite of last night's game. I thought the Oilers got the the benefit of a couple of iffy calls tonight. And they scored one goal after one iffy call that uh, um, had the fans in Buffalo a little bit sour. Um, But uh, uh, for all the special teams advantage they had, they they couldn't uh, close the deal at at even strength. So... um, uh, Leon in at uh, five on five, so not counting all the power play time and the, and the goalie out time at the end of the game, he was still 22 to nine uh, for shot attempts, 13 to six at even strength total uh, carrying of the play by Edmonton, but zero one on goals because they were not able to solve uh, Dustin Tukarski at uh, at even strength, and uh, they the big line. I put together late in the second by Dave Tippett beat for the game-winning goal in the last minute of the second on a fairly critical series of errors. Uh, anyways, um, uh, 
big night for the big man. He's now up to 14 goals, 14 assists through 13 games. First guy to have that many goals at this stage of the season since Alex Ovechkin, and I think they said 08-09 season. And mm-hmm. he's, a guy, he's had six, count them, six two-goal games already. So and that's 25 – in that 25-20 of ice time, of course, on back-to-back road games as well. Yeah. So yeah. there, you, you you know that uh, that he was running low in oil. Uh, so uh, uh, n- certainly nobody on the Edmonton side played a perfect game tonight. But, no. but if I had to pick anybody who who stood out in the best way, it would have been number 29. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to pick out number 22, uh, Tyson Berry. On the back end, I thought he was the best of Edmonton's defensemen, which is kind of a low bar in this game. I wasn't, like, very enthused with, with many of them. Uh, but Barry, uh, same thing, uh, very prominent uh, individual and um, uh, and team counts when he was on the ice. <clears throat> Eight shots on net himself, 11 shot attempts, tied with Leon for the club high in both categories. Of course, he played a lot on the power play. Uh, when he was on the ice at five on five, shot attempts 22 11 for Edmonton, shots on goal 14 to six. He made no mistakes on goals against. That was third pairing was the one line uh, duo that did not get burned for a goal. And I don't suppose he played a perfect game, but again, the bar is pretty low. And the list of Oilers who played a perfect game is uh, small indeed. In fact, I would put it at flat zero. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll single out Tyson Berry for uh, uh, at least. Put pushing the play in the right direction and trying to make things happen, and he let go a couple of real good hammers from the from the point too. They set him up for uh, shots from outside, and and he was at least testing uh, Tukarski. Yep, uh, three high danger uh, uh, chances, four two against mm-hmm. uh, while he, while he was on the ice, and that one shot from the power play, I actually thought went in and bounced out of the net. It actually just missed the net by an inch or so. A uh, heck of a good low point shot. So I agree. Um, Barry was was the best of a struggling lot uh, on the on the blue line for the Oilers tonight. All right, let's move on to our bad things. I could do, I could give you a nice long list here, Kurt. But again, let's just oh. do one each and let's get through this uh, ordeal of uh, of trying to analyze this stinker of the game. So I'll let <laughs> I'll let you pick one sort of uh, uh, meta bad thing uh well i'll pick the fact that this was the third game in four nights and and the second uh second of of road games on back-to-back nights as well is that an excuse absolutely not but i think you could quite obviously see physical and mental fatigue in the oilers game all night long um anybody will tell you uh once uh once you start to get low in oil out there not only do you start to uh, lose the ability to make um, plays with the same crispness and clarity that you typically would, but you you don't make as good of decisions when you're sucking air either. Uh, and, and the orders certainly suck tonight, including air. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I really think while that's not an excuse and all, all teams in the league have to play those games, I still thought it was obvious that they were that they were they were down a court. I thought the only guy who really had jumped tonight all game long was the only forward who didn't play last night, who was Tyler Benson, who I mm-hmm. I, I thought had a reasonable evening, um, all things considered. Uh, and everybody else I thought we saw in, in various stages of fatigue 
and I and I thought that showed uh, in probably a dozen players' game tonight. Did you think the ice was bad, or were they just not able to click on uh, on plays? Like there was no flow to the game for, for large stretches of it. Yeah, you know what. On one hand, I wondered if it was the ice, but then I thought, well, no, Buffalo was kind of having, they're having the same issues. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the only difference is, on paper, there's a big difference uh, in the quality of these two teams. So uh -huh. with, I don't mean any disrespect to Buffalo. They won the hockey game tonight, but you'd kind of expect them to kick the puck around a little bit. Right. Um, it, and you wouldn't with our guys. So, yeah, I, I saw the same thing going on as you did. I'm not sure I was able to parse what exactly it was. It seemed to be happening for both sides. Uh, and I guess my, my expectations were just set a little higher for one side than they were for the other. Well, I'd make the case that Edmonton had the five best forwards in this game. Cause Buffalo, I mean, they're, they don't have a great set of forwards to begin with. They just traded Jack Eichel, but they're missing guys, uh, you know, Victor Olison and, uh, Alex Tuck that they just got in the trade and, uh, a third significant forward whose name slips my mind at, at this moment and they were digging pretty deep into the into the depth chart and yet anyway yep yeah well an observation related to that you know ryan nugent hopkins who hail give him give him credit for the pardon me for the two assists that he earned tonight mm -hmm. but i think his goalless streak is officially in his head i yeah. think we could see it every time he got the puck within within range of the net it's just he was double clutching and double guessing himself and i think it's officially mm -hmm. officially bouncing around inside his helmet now and he needs one to go off his button in so that he can he can get off of this yeah. schneid yeah he had a couple of what looked like good looks and the pucks never even got through so they had um yeah the pucks never even got through so it was um uh, um and like you say, double clutching, and he's uh, he's probably he's pouring in the assists now. Seventeen after tonight, I believed. Oh, and seventeen. Mm -hmm. You know, so seventeen points in thirteen games—that's terrific. But uh, I thought he was—he uh, played a lot, and he got the two secondary assists. But I didn't think he played all that well. Just one shot on net, zero for five in the play in the faceoff dot. And uh, you know, anyway. Um, so, uh, I'm going to go more broadly than that. I'm going to paint with a broad brush on, uh, on my bad thing though. And I'm going to, um, just discuss Edmonton's five on five play, but you think about it, this is a game that Edmonton scored two goals on the power play and the penalty kill was, uh, uh, three for three, I believe officially. And, yep. um, so they had, uh, uh, you know, with a 2 nothing advantage in special teams, that's been their format for winning games all year, is that they win on special teams and they break even at even strength, or they win by two at special teams and they lose by one at even strength and they still win the game. And tonight they lost by three at five on five and they couldn't even get a point out of a night the special teams went plus two. And that five on five play just was not, just didn't cut it. And yep. there was long nope. stretches, even after they got the lead two to one. And it was just poor attention to detail. They were struggling to get out of their own zone. They were struggling to get into Buffalo zone. They were struggling to get shots through. Uh, they were out of sync. Like there was, how many times did Edmonton pass the puck out of Buffalo territory? Because somebody passed a blind pass to nobody at all. And it just went out into mm -hmm. the center ice zone, several. 
and they uh, uh, took way too long to get going. I mean, with with six, just over six minutes left, the shots were 23-22 Buffalo, and they ended up 35-23 Edmonton. So in the last 10% of the game, they outshot Buffalo 13 to nothing. Well, where was some of that earlier in the game? Like, it was clear that this was going to be a tough game to win from early minutes to me, and I it, I just didn't see them dialing it up until way, way, way too late in, in the game. And it, yes, back-to-back, yes, three and four nights. Uh, I'm not entirely satisfied that they took this opponent seriously enough and stuck to business. And when they did make mistakes, my goodness, they were howlers. Like Buffalo got basically all their goals were on counterattack breakaways or next yep. thing breakaways. And Edmonton didn't have any of that. Buffalo protected and Edmonton's defensive game was just loosey goosey. And they got, they got caught out three different times for goals and a few other times where Stuart Skinner um, made the saves, but it was just uh, not good enough, frankly, to me. They they were they were. Uh, um, it's hard to say they were the second best team on the ice, even when you look at all the numbers and so on. But they left it too late, and they couldn't uh, uh, they couldn't turn it on uh, near early enough that they needed to. Like they went through the first ten minutes of the third period without a shot, down mm-hmm. by three to two. And it's like eight, nine, ten minutes into the third, and the announcers are saying they still haven't got one shot in this period. Oh. You know, and then headed but, in the other direction, they surrendered four clear breakaways, and as you mentioned, they scored on three of them, rebound on on a on a breakaway shot on another one, um, uh, and and two of them, ironically enough, came on the defense pairing that was so good last night. You know, uh, Cody Cece and Duncan Keith, I thought, had their best game of the season last night, and tonight was arguably their worst. And for poor old Cody Cece, uh, zero high danger uh, scoring chances uh, for, four against, uh, mm-hmm. including coughing up the one at, at the blue line that went for a breakaway. Duncan Keith, with the entire left side of the arena open, tried to force uh, a pass up the middle to McDavid that didn't get through. It ended up in the back of the net. Like, yeah. for the love of God, man, it was just, yeah. you know, one of those, even two of those a game, that's going to happen. Four? Four? That was pretty hard to stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the five-on-five play in general let them down. And even, you know, the power play, it wasn't that sharp, but they did manage to generate those two quick goals on, you know, uh, one was sort of an opportunistic play by Drysaddle, and the other was a nice give-and-go with Connor and Leon, which you're going to get hopefully at least once a game. But uh, they were... uh, Say they they spent a lot of time chasing the puck back to their own end because they uh, uh, they weren't able to keep control of it. So yeah. anyway, well, you know, I think that's fair. But at the end of the day, I think you'd agree if your power play is at thirty three percent, you don't give up a, <laughs> a shorthanded goal. You should win, right? Yes. So yeah, yeah. At minimum, you should get a Bettman point. That's mm-hmm. what Calgary got tonight. Calgary gained a point on Edmonton by losing, but at least managing to get the game to extra time. And yes, sir. So, all right, let's move on to numbers. What do you got for a number tonight, Kurt? Four. Uh, the Oilers have surrendered the first goal in the last four games now. Uh, and as Dave Tippett uh, has said many times, uh, even when you have a high-powered offense, arguably the best offense in the league in the Edmonton Oilers, if you're going to chase games night after night after night, 
you're 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 just going to drop some of them because the odds are going to work against you. And arguably they worked, you know, against them tonight. Shots ended up 35-23 as you say. But if you're always starting from behind, um mm-hmm. it's just going to catch up with you after a while. And they've they have to come up with a solution to this. I mean, the last time they scored the first goal was I think in the Nashville game. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's well, the uh, last- they they go ahead. The last four games in a row, not only did they give the, up the first goal, but they were trailing after the second period in all four of those games. Twice they came back to win it in the third, and twice against teams you think they should be able to beat Detroit and uh, Buffalo. They were unable to score in the third period, and they looked they were basically looking at a 3-2 deficit uh, the whole stretch of the game. I think in Detroit they actually did get one in the first minute of the third to cut the lead to 3-2, to two, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They've been playing from behind for uh, several games now, and that's playing with fire. And you can get all the confidence in the world that, yeah, we can score whenever we want. Well, tonight, they, they when they did want to score, it seemed at the, at the end, they just weren't able to manufacture the one goal they had to get. And, well, you know, if you're drawing up the plan for this road trip, uh, mm-hmm. and if you had said they're going to be one and two after the first three games, what yeah. if you thought that they'd won the game in Boston and lost both the games in, in Detroit and Buffalo? No. No. No, I would not have. So, so uh, my number is, uh, well, I got a few numbers. Uh, 21 uh, block shots for Buffalo, six for Edmonton. I thought Buffalo was uh, doing a, a good job uh, sort of swarming their uh, um their low slot and getting bodies in the way and Edmonton was unable to get the shots through the traffic. And it was, um, uh, so that was a, that was a key uh, figure. Edmonton had eight hits in this game, Kurt. Only three Oilers had any hits at all. Brendan Perlini had four, four, right? Four. He had half of them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Sevier and McDavid had two each and the whole rest of the team, um, at least not credited on the score. And to me, it was a no-hitter kind of a game. Like, I'm not saying yeah. the, the scorer in Buffalo was particularly tough or anything. It just was not a not a physical game. And it was a, it was a, a game that could have used a little bit of physicality from uh, from Edmonton's point of view. But uh, yeah. and, and of those six block shots, four of them were by Chris Russell. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So one by Sevier, he really paid the price on one, and and uh, and one for Keith. And so those are, you know, those are the uh, maybe unimportant numbers in some senses, but it's it's uh, to me it's a little bit about battle battle level. And you know, when Buffalo did get the puck in Edmonton's t- territory, they had a lot of wide open space to do something with it. So. I'll just pick those two out of the out of the morass of numbers and and uh, otherwise, I mean, shot shares and stuff looks good. Score effects, yeah. driving play very hard indeed. Um, and thirty-seven twenty in the faceoff dot for the Oilers, but again, they weren't able yep. to win the the one at the end when they had to, absolutely had to have it. And I think it's, as you mentioned to me earlier, I think it would be fair to say you would have liked to have got an extra save, save out of Stuart Skinner. Yet I think in back-to-back starts, I think you can say he gave his team a puncher's chance to win. 
Yeah. Well, in both and of the games, and if he's your third goaltender, right? That's in both of the games that Skinner played, I I think his team let him down. Yeah, I'd agree it, with that. Bothers me to say that, but uh, I would have thought they would have had a little bit more in the tank for the young goalie tonight after what happened in Detroit. And this game was actually, to me, worse than the Detroit game. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. So I thought Detroit played good the other night. Buffalo is just not that good of a team, and yet somehow. No. I'll, I'll give Buffalo credit for you know what they 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 jammed up the middle of the zone pretty good. Uh, they 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 fought hard. I think they knew they were seriously outmanned, and unless they played with great detail and a bit of jam, they wouldn't have a chance. And to their credit, I think they did. Mm. Um, although I'm not so sure Buffalo won this game as Edmonton lost it. Yeah. Yeah, that game was there for the taking for Oilers, and uh, they just didn't take care of business. Um, when the, you know, the game's 90% over before you turn it up a bit, it's, uh, it's not a good sign. Anyway, as you can probably tell, I'm pretty frustrated with my team tonight. I just don't think they uh, they didn't have it. I mean, we're going to give them a break in terms of of how many games have they played so far where they had an average failing grade on the roster. I think none, you know. But uh, I, we're, we'll get to that part soon. But I'm uh, I'm a little sour about the about the commitment level shown in in this game. So. I don't blame you. It's uh, this, as 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 Wiseman once said, this just plain wasn't good enough. So. Right. Oh, sorry. All right, Kurt. Well, let's leave it there. And, yeah, uh, let's go watch soccer. I think I think Kurt <laughs> Kurt might be my watchword for my grades that I'm about to be writing here. If you don't mind my uh, with the C. <laughs> you go on, go ahead and use my name in vain. I don't mind. <laughs> I'll spell it different though, just just out of respect for you, Kurt. <laughs> oh, bless you, my friend. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's leave it there. Uh, thanks very much for uh, filling in for David, who's uh, got a hockey event down in Alex, Alberta tonight, and uh, oh. we'll be back in uh, back in place shortly. Well, notwithstanding the result on the scoreboard, it's always good to talk to you, Bruce. Take care. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Kurt. And thanks to you, the audience, for listening. This has been another edition of the, oh, geez, almost blew it. In the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. Bye now. <laughs>